Those of you who have been following our podcast know that we had a series addressing different aspects of the Western Wall, as well as a series discussing the history and importance of the gates of the old city of Jerusalem. There have been multiple other episodes which focused on other historical sites in Jerusalem as well. When I travel to Israel, I normally spend most of the visit in Jerusalem. There's so much history, so much culture, so much excitement there. I can feel the holiness of the city. I spend 80 or 90% of my time in Jerusalem and only a fraction of the rest of the country. My heart is in Jerusalem. While focusing on Jerusalem has been my custom, it recently dawned on me that perhaps I've missed something. In fact, perhaps I've missed a lot. But isn't Jerusalem the holy city? Isn't it the city of the great king? Isn't it the city to which Messiah will come back when he descends from the clouds? Yes, yes, and yes. However, there's more to consider. Why is all of Israel important, not just Jerusalem? Firstly, when Messiah was here and walked on the earth, how much time did he spend in Jerusalem? The Gospels do not specifically answer that question. In fact, the Gospels do not tell us everything that he said or did. They do not clearly state where every miracle took place. However, most of Messiah's recorded miracles and teachings that do include a setting did not take place in Jerusalem. Although the Passion, Death, and Resurrection comprise a large percentage of the chapters of the Gospels, they only account for a few days of Yeshua's time on earth. The great majority of Messiah's ministry appears to have been in other parts of the country. So, even though I'm excited about Jerusalem, it was important enough for Messiah to spend much of his time in the rest of the country. That's one good reason why we need to be aware of the rest of Israel. A second reason is recorded in the last chapter of the Torah. <clears throat> Moses was about to pass away. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, we read, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. Yahweh showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan and all of Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah unto the uttermost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. Yahweh said unto him, This is the land which I swore unto Abraham unto Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. God promised to give us the Holy Land. He promised it to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. He promised it to Moses and to all the children of Israel. All of this land is the promised land. All of this land is holy. The southern part of the promised land, the northern part of the promised land, they are just as important to God to his integrity as Jerusalem. What does that mean? God promised all of the land to the patriarchs. If we do not consider all of the land important, we are belittling the Almighty's gift and minimizing, minimizing his promises. One additional reason why the rest of the land is important is because there are prophecies concerning parts of the land of Israel that took place outside of Jerusalem. With that background, we're going to begin our exploration of the rest of Israel, and we're going to begin with Capernaum. Why start with Capernaum? After Messiah was tempted in the wilderness, he began his public ministry. Matthew chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 record, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fill, fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, 
by the way, the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Matthew recorded that Messiah came and dwelt in Capernaum. Many modern translations record that he came to live in Capernaum. In fact, there's a sign at the entrance at the archaeological site of Capernaum quoting this verse. The sign at the entrance boasts the name, Kephaud Nahum, the town of Yeshua. The first time that I saw that sign many years ago, I was puzzled. I had not realized that was the implication of the verse in Matthew when it says he dwelled there. Messiah actually lived here. He didn't visit. He lived. It was his home. And I had not also realized that a huge percentage of the stories in the Gospels take place in Capernaum. Many of the miracles that mention towns are followed by another story at the Sea of Galilee. Perhaps the backdrop for these stories is the lake shore, just a few minutes' walk from the town. If Messiah actually lived in this town, it should be no surprise that many miracles and teachings occurred with Capernaum as the setting. Today, in part one of our study of Capernaum, we're going to focus on those miracles and teachings. Let's open in Matthew chapter 8. The town of Capernaum is mentioned in the scriptures only in the four Gospels. And one of the best known stories that took place in Capernaum is recorded in Matthew 8. Verses 5 through 6 read, When Yeshua was entered in Capernaum, they came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Yeshua saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Yeshua heard that, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. We're going to continue in verse 13. Yeshua said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And the servant was healed in the self-same hour. That's quite an amazing miracle. John chapter 4 describes a similar healing. Verses 46 through 54 tell us, So Yeshua came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Yeshua was come out of Galilee, of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Yeshua unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down before my child die. Yeshua said unto him, Go thy way, thy son lives. And the man believed the word that Yeshua spoke unto him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, Thy son lives. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Yeshua said unto him, Thy son lives, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is, again, the second miracle that Yeshua did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. In Mark chapter 1, the Gospels record Messiah's teaching in the synagogue in the town. We see another miracle associated with Capernaum. Verses 21 through 28 read, 
And they went into Capernaum straightway on the Sabbath day. He entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Yeshua of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Yeshua rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. They were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. An amazing miracle. The text continues with these verses, picking up verse 29 through 34. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered in the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife, wife's mother, lay sick of fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And they healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, cast out many devils, and cast out, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. Why is this information significant? Firstly, it emphasizes that there were many miracles that took place in the town. Many of those miracles took place in the synagogue. We'll address that fact again later in a future broadcast. Also, this passage clarifies that the home of the apostle Simon Peter and his brother Andrew was in the same town. It was at Capernaum that Peter was asked about tribute money. Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27 read, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Yeshua prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Yeshua saith unto him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Go thou to the sea, and cast a hook, and take up the fish, the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, and give unto, that give unto them for me and for thee. Interesting. Who came and asked about this money? It says, Those that received tribute. Were they associated with Levi? Was Levi with them? Did Levi hear what happened? We're not sure. Let's continue. Mark chapter 2. Crowds thronged around Messiah, and an act of strong faith was rewarded with a great miracle. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down his bed where the sick of the palsy lay. Yeshua saw their faith. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? 
and immediately when Yeshua perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. Immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. We see that Yeshua proclaimed his ability to forgive sins in this dialogue. It's interesting note, it says that he was in Capernaum, and it was noted that people found out he was in the house. Is that... Peter's house? Is there another house? Throughout the Gospels, there are references to him going in the house. And you look at the context and you say, why did you say the house? You haven't even told me where he is. Perhaps this is a reference to where he stayed normally. So, it is believed that Levi, also known as Matthew, lived in Capernaum because of the next few verses. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, read, And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. So we see Yeshua leaving the house in Capernaum, coming to the seaside, which may only be a few minutes walk, and seeing Levi. The town of Capernaum was a village, remember, not a huge city. If Levi did live in the same town as Peter, presumably they knew each other before they both left everything to follow Yeshua. And that prior relationship between a fisherman and a tax collector may have caused some friction and may explain some of the interactions between them. It was at Capernaum that Yeshua settled the apostles' question, who is the greatest of all? Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37 read, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace. For by the way they had disputed among themselves, Who should be the greatest? And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be the first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him, In his arms he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of these children in my name receives me, and whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. In John chapter 7, verse 17, we read that the disciples entered a ship at the Sea of Galilee. The text says that they were heading to Capernaum. Later, while on the lake, they saw Yeshua walking on the water. In verse 23 through 24, we see the crowds of people looking for Messiah. When they found him, finally... Verses 26 and 27 record that Messiah told them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Notice that they looked for him near the place they had eaten bread. Yeshua reference the miracles of the multiplication of the bread. Messiah continues with the theme of bread in verses 47 through 50. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. 
Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Where was Yeshua when he spoke these words? Well, in verse 59 we read, These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. How difficult it must have been for the crowds to understand Messiah's words. Eat my flesh? And he spoke those words in a synagogue. What was the reaction of the crowd? We see in verse 66, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. The story continues in verses 67 to 69. Then said Yeshua unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Needless to say, Capernaum was a town blessed with many miracles and important teachings and revelations. This is where Peter declared, You are the Messiah. And because of these blessings, as Messiah said, to whom much is given, much will be required. Much was expected of that town. Notice Matthew chapter 11, verses 23 through 40. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for, for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. A sobering warning. When you walk the streets of Jerusalem, you walk where Yeshua walked. When you walk there, you walk where he taught. You are walking in one of the most frequently mentioned towns of the Gospels. That's how important Capernaum is. Join us in part two as we explore some of the history of Capernaum.